Just keep this, this whole sense of his presence here this morning. We were going to do communion at the end of our service this morning. But seeing how, you know, the worship, how the Lord's been just leading us this morning. And just starting building the altar right at the start this morning. I want to encourage us to come forward this morning. Come, take your communion emblems. We want to do communion every Sunday. We want to recognize the blood that was shed for us. We want to recognize the immense power that comes through the shed blood of Christ that was shed for you and I. That some of us, even as you're watching us, as, as you're, I shouldn't say watching as you're joining us online this morning. Please take some time now. Go and get your communion emblems. We apologize for not saying that earlier, but every Sunday during these 40 days of consecration, we really want to come and we want to recognize and we want to remember that He's coming again. So as we continue to sing this song, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Just come forward. Come forward and and take your emblems this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And take it. And if you're with your family, praise God. If they're sitting around with you, have communion there and there. Right with them. And know that as you partake of communion this morning, two things to remember. Our sin, our sickness, He bore. He bore it on Himself. And He freely gave His life for you and I. He freely shed His blood for us this morning. Right? So as He freely has shed His blood, what can we come this morning and freely say to Him? What do we want to freely say to Him that we have maybe held back in some form or other? Let Him unveil that to you as you partake of communion. So if I can please invite you, for those who are over there, please come and take this here. If you've already got your emblems where you are, that's, that's fine. But if you haven't and you, and you would like to partake of it, please, for those who are seated here, please come and uh, take your emblems from here and those right in front. It's just right here for you. So please feel free to come forward as we sing. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Of Jesus, why don't you go to sleep?
of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as it washes white it washes white as snow is there any unforgiven person here seated today You're all wondering whether you're forgiven or not. Is there any unforgiven person seated here today? Yes? It's a very simple answer. It's not a trick question. It's either yes or no. Is there any unforgiven person seated here today? Amen. You must know that. You must know that. There is no unforgiven person seated here today. Please partake of this, of your communion. This morning, just on your own, making a commitment to Him and saying, Thank you, Lord, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I stand amongst a forgiven community. I stand amongst a people that know the power of your blood, the sacrifice that you made for you and I. Today we know that you paid a ransom price for us, and we thank you and we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Please partake of the body and the blood. Thank you, Lord. And even as we partake of this blood, Lord, we, we come before you and we want to commit once again, Lord Father, our allegiance to you, yes. our love for you, our commitment to you, our dedication to seek your face, yes, our, our desire to go deeper and deeper and deeper, Lord. And we know because of your death, you released your grace upon us. So we don't need to be afraid to pray that prayer to make that dedication today. Because your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, folks. Bless God. Can I have the PowerPoint up, please? Thank you, Jesus.
Is the PowerPoint up? Okay, that's fine. Um, you know, only Jesus could build a bridge with two pieces of wood. Marigina, Marigina Bruno said this, that only Jesus could build a bridge with two pieces of wood. So and what's that bridge that he's built? Amen. He's built, there were two pieces, that's it, on the cross. And so he's built that bridge for us to go from this place into eternity. And only Jesus could. Imagine that, huh? Only Jesus could. Now, I'm going to go and touch a little bit from last week and try again. My, my goal is to try and do this as fast as I can. And I was just chatting with different ones. After church last week, I said, you know, is this, you know, going through verse by verse and giving the Greek and, and all of that is, that, is that a little too much, you know, what, you know, and so I had various different uh, feedback and, uh, and I've, I've made a couple of changes here to how I'm sort of putting it on, uh, the, uh, on the PowerPoint and I really want to thank uh, Lauren for putting this uh, slide template together so it just marries our, our our ads as well what we're doing you know in that sense so what is consecration it is our unconditional surrender to god can you say that with us consecration is our unconditional surrender now just going back to that first to that very first slide this is our third week. We are through our 40 days. We are going through our 40 days of consecration. But at the end of 40 days, it doesn't mean that our consecration to the Lord is, 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 is over. Is, is over and done. Thank you. I'm just worried that I might trip on that. I mean, I may kick that. It doesn't mean that our, our consecration to the Lord is over. Amen. Consecration is a lifestyle. It's a journey that we, that we, journey, that we journey towards. And we continue to surrender. Can we actually really surrender everything to the Lord at this one point in time? No. It, it, it is virtually impossible for us to surrender everything. I surrender all. We may say that. We say that I surrender all. But it is all at that point in time. It is all that we know. It is all that we feel we can at that point in time. So that's why sometimes when, 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 I, know, when I personally sing it, it feels like, I surrender some. I surrender some, because I, I want to see I surrender all, but it's like as if it's only some that I'm surrendering at that point in time. But Lord, I want to surrender all. And so the Lord looks into our hearts and He knows that. And He comes, He doesn't come and condemn us and He says, oh, shame on you for not surrendering everything. Why didn't you surrender that? Why, didn't you, why did you only surrender this? No, He doesn't come like that at all. And so we don't need to feel like as if, you know, we're, like as if it's a deer on headlights. Oh, oh dear me, I, I, I haven't surrendered everything. God knows. He understands. He sees our heart and He sees our intention. Yeah. And today, what we need to surrender is our motive. That's the most important aspect first. We need to surrender our motive. Why do we love Him? Why do we serve Him? So through these 40 days of consecration, it is so vital, folks. Every day, from Monday to Friday, we have... At 7.30 in the morning, we have the reading of the Psalms. And it is just so amazing to wake up 
in the morning and to, to, to join, you know, whoever that, that, that is able to join at that point in time. And you know what? There are times that it is difficult to join, I can assure you. Because, you know, for me, as I'm, you know, in the morning, I'm preparing Olivia's uh, lunch or breakfast and stuff like that. But we, I try and, I try and, Make sure I either attend to that a little earlier or attend to that a little later because it's only about five, seven minutes. That's it. No preaching. No one preaches at all. Amen? <laughs> Amen? They just read the word and sometimes it feels kind of awkward. Hey, oh, it's, it's already done. Can, can someone say something? No, because it's so good that what we're doing is we are declaring over this city, over this nation, and over our community. You've heard me say this at, at, at uh, that Holocaust Museum in Israel. I remember seeing a plaque there, and it said that, the, you know, in, in Lithuania, there isn't the reading of the Psalms over that nation anymore because all of the Jews were annihilated. So can you imagine now, God's word is totally taken out of a nation because a people that would declare that and decree that was removed. So what we are doing right now is we are speaking wherever you are. So you can leave it on whilst you are doing stuff even. Like I was driving the other day, we had an appointment at, um, somewhere in, in Dandenong and we couldn't make it back on time at 12. So I joined in on Zoom. As I'm driving, I'm listening. And you know what I feel the Lord is also saying? As we begin to jump in together, there is a sense of unity that is also happening. He's, he's bringing a unity of spirit. But if we don't, we will never be able to achieve that in its entirety. So folks, all of this during this con day, uh, 40 days of consecration, it's all about each one of us. It's not just about the community, but it's about each one of us coming to Him for one another. Do you hear me say that? It's about us coming to Him and for one another and with one another. So please, Monday to Friday, if you can join us at 7.30, and if you can join us at, uh, at 12 p.m., that will be great. Now, we have just finished the Gospel of John. We're starting with the book of Acts. And once we're done with the book of Acts, we're going to go into the book of Revelation. Amen. And we will end our... It, it goes over the, the reading that uh, Kev had put together and, 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 and sort of designed it in such a way that it actually goes over 30 days. But our days of consecration goes over 40 days. And you know how amazing it is that it falls. The last Sunday is the day of living in fullness, our living in fullness weekend. So 40 days stretches into that. We didn't plan it, but it came out of that. We didn't plan for the 40 days of consecration. A word was given, you know, for us to see him even more. And as the elders came together and as we uh, considered that and as we prayed through that, we came up with this. So this is all being led of the Lord. And when I speak to different people as well, there is this vein that is happening. You know, so we are hearing what the Spirit is, is speaking out to us. Amen? So let's say that together. 
Consecration is our unconditional surrender to God. Consecration is my unconditional surrender to God. Say it with me. Consecration is my unconditional surrender to God. Praise God. And one of the key verses that the Lord gave us was this. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, say, let's read that together. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate or devote abundantly and completely yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In 1 Chronicles 29, verses 1a and 5b, it says, Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? And so the Lord were to ask us this question this morning. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day or herself this day to the Lord? No, just, just yourself. Don't speak for someone else. Who else? I know, because I said assembly, isn't it? That's, that's a fair point. Okay, but I'm asking you personally. Who then is willing to consecrate himself or herself this day to the Lord? Amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask this side one more time. Who else? Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? I am. I am. I'm going to ask one more time because I'm going to force you to say I am. Who then is willing? Guys, can you hear them? Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh. Praise God. So what is, consec- what is consecration? Right? It is to devote, to set apart, to dedicate, to surrender, to center in our hearts that reveals our loyalty to God. Is God revealing his, you know, our loyalty to him? How loyal are you? How loyal are we to the Lord? Produces a closer and more obedient relationship with God. Deepens over time, whilst releasing God's blessings, develops over our lifetime. So this is a lifetime. This is a journey that we continue to take. And, and, and we continue. In this day and age where so many voices are pulling at us, there must come this commitment. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. So salvation, it starts off, the starting point, as, you've, as, as I've shared this in the past, salvation, I'm not going through all of the points in salvation, but just a few that we ended last week, where I ended about Jesus becoming our ransom and ownership. And that kind of stumped some of us, right? It requires us to understand salvation is the first aspect of consecration. Right? And it requires us to understand that there is a change of ownership. That's why he's not just, you know, I wouldn't say just, but he's not only our savior. He's the Lord of our lives. He is our boss. He is our master. Right? What he says goes. Amen? But we need to know what is it that he's saying to us at that point in time. Isn't it? So knowing that, going deeper... All of that begins to fit in, right? 1, 1 uh, Corinthians six nineteen to 20, it says this, Or do you not know that your body is present, the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have 
from God and you are not your own. Right? So let me read that again. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? He's not somewhere else. He is where? In you. In, you, in, in me. In us. In you. Correct? I'm confusing you, am I not? <laughs> or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? So it's the Holy Spirit that you have from whom? God. From God. Not from anyone else. From God. And you are not your own. For you were what? You were, you were bought at a price. Therefore, it says, because of that, because you're not your own. Therefore, Paul is saying, glorify God in where? In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if we look at the body of Christ, we need to glorify God in this body. But we also need to glorify God in, in context, our bodies. Amen. Let's look at what, 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 the, what the original, what the Greek actually really brings out. So, oh, do you not know that your body, which is in present tense, your body, your current tense, right, currently, that is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are, again, present tense, you are. Not your own. You were bought. Where we get the word, which I did this last week, agorazo, which is an arist active meaning. Arist meaning an event has taken place, right? So when it took place, it's, it's an active as aspect. We get the word agora or the marketplace. So it means to do business in the marketplace, to buy and sell. So you were Business was done for you and I. A transaction began to happen. The purchase price was paid. So when you go and when you buy something, whose it is? If you were to go and buy something, if I go and buy now, if I, if I buy this guitar, who's, who does this belong to now? It belongs to me. Because what did I do? I paid that price for it. I can loan it to Stuart to play, but it is mine. Amen? So when Jesus paid this, when he bought, you and I now belong to him. So if we belong to him, the guitar doesn't tell me what to play. I tell the guitar what to play. I do that. Right? Right? But we are people with our own will. When the Lord says, crucify yourself. Put your will on the altar. We just partook of communion. That is a reminder to us that Jesus himself prayed that prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? So at a price, therefore it says, so because the price was paid, therefore you now, need to glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Folks, do you think we really have a choice? Do you think we really have a choice? This is a bit of a trick question. Do you really think we have a choice? 
the only choice we have is if we exercise our will, then we do not follow him. So, in context, we actually don't have a, we don't have a choice in that sense. Right? Because the only way to glorify him is to be 100% committed. That's the only way. If we exercise our choice, then we will be less than that. Right? So, as we move on to the next, salvation includes what? A so- the sobering fact that we were purchased. In 1 Timothy, it explains, it, it, it means, the word purchase means acquired, obtained, procured, paid for. So I procured this. I've, I've acquired this, right? And in, and in 1 Timothy, it says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom, and that's the, the word lutru. For all, he gave himself a ransom to be testified in due time. Now, a ransom, when someone is, is, is abducted, what do you do? You, you, you've got a ransom, right? What's the, the ransom? Hey, I'll, you know, you've watched movies where you've said, okay, now, you know, they've, they've taken um, the, the, the president's daughter. And the only way is if you're going to give, if you're going to pay 20 million or 25 million, and he tells the president, there's you, there's, there's, there's no other way apart from you coming by yourself. And only if you pay the ransom will you then get your daughter back. You may turn around and say, we do not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> but that ain't, that ain't going to fly in this case. Amen? And sometimes we negotiate with the enemy, don't we? In the way we live our lives. So he comes and he terrorizes us. And maybe we need to turn around and say, hey, we don't negotiate with the terrorists here. Right? Jesus was our ransom. So being justified in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, it says, being justified freely by His grace through redemption. And here it uses that word lutru as well, but it is a compound word where it means, apo, apo means from, Lutro, the price of release, the payment of a ransom, the required price. So Jesus was the required price. He was the payment of a ransom. There was no negotiation needed. He became that ransom. So we are redeemed. And you heard me share about the context of propitiation. What that really means is if someone, you know, let's say for instance, you know, you, you bought a brand new car, right? And you, you've parked it there and, oh, someone, Brian has his new car and I just come alongside and accidentally ram into his car. And here he goes, oh dear. And he's so upset and furious, and I get out of the car and I say, oh gosh, I am so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No amount of sorry can, can, can change the fact that his brand new car is now gone. So, and then I tell him, Brian, I will pay for that. And that's not enough. Brian, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a, a, um, a rental. And I... And I take my money out and I keep giving 
and giving and giving for all of your um, discomfort and everything like that. I'm going to give you this amount. I'm going to pay this. I'm going to pay this to a point that Brian then suddenly turns and says, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I think you've given me more, more than I need. And that's what this word means. So that in Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth as a propitiation by his blood. His blood was more than enough. Way more than enough. So if it is way more than enough, now apply that to your life. Right? Apply that to your sickness. Apply that to any bondage. Apply that to any sin that you may be struggling with. Because it is more than enough. His blood that was shed was more than enough to break that. To break any hold on our lives. To then also allow us to take this humongous step of faith and say, I will do it, Lord. I will be completely obedient. Because if your blood was more than enough, then you are the kind of more than enough God that will provide all of the resources that I need. So it has to, folks, this mindset has to be carried through every aspect of our lives. Not just in some area. But we've got to believe Him in every single area. And if you don't, it's our problem, not His. And the worst part is this, we may die not even realizing the full investment of that blood in our own lives. Amen? So, salvation required Jesus to pay the price of a ransom. We just sang that song. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. In, in 1 Peter, it says this, For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So look at those, those words that I've marked red. That you are a holy, say it with me, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous Light. What is to proclaim His excellencies? What do you think is to proclaim His excellencies? Share the gospel. That's His excellent. That's, that's an excellent story. That's, a, that's, that's good news. Amen. Worship, proclaim. As you're worshipping, shouting out. Right? But let's look at what the, what, what the original words have to declare as well. But you are a chosen generation, or chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy, meaning hagios, separated to God as sacred. That's who you and I are. We have been separated, right? A nation of people for His own possession. It is for God's own possession. That is, that which is acquired and acquisition, one's own possession. So God owns us. He has acquired us. That, again, the word hopos, in order that with the design that. So there is a particular design that he has. A particular plan. 
that, and the plan is this, that you may proclaim, share the gospel, right? Exegelo, which is, it is the aris active meaning, it has to be something that is continually active. But there is a subjective aspect, meaning it depends on us. In order to declare publicly, to make known by praising. To make known, when we share that, to make known that He is a good God. Amen. Wherever we are, He is a good God. You know, I, I love, I, th- I think uh, Shami as well just recently spent some time with Frank Clancy. He came and spoke here. You may have heard me say this, but man, this guy, and I've been trying this now every time I go. But it's not as easy. The, the, it, it, the way he does it, it's just, it is so natural. He just sits there and he, the person comes to serve him and says, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And he just say that. He just says that and, he's, and, he, and you can sense it. You can sense like when he says it, it comes with so much of God in it. It just feels like that. So when we say it or when you and I say it, if it doesn't, does it mean we stop? No. We continue to speak that out. Because when we declare a blessing, we shift that atmosphere in that space. But you've got to believe that first. Because if you don't believe it, it ain't going to happen as well. If you believe it, the atmosphere is going to shift. Right? So, he has now possessed you in a sense. I shouldn't say possessed, but you are, we are his possession for the purpose in order that we might proclaim, right? To declare publicly to make known by praising the excellencies, Aretha, the preeminence, the virtue, the moral perfection, the power of God. So when we share the power of the resurrected Christ with someone, when we share salvation, we are sharing the power of, of Christ that Jesus is able to transform that person's life as he did ours. Amen. Go, clap for it. Go for it. Hallelujah. 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 So salvation through Christ's shed blood made us his possession. So as we partook today, what it reminds each time you partake of the communion, it says, I'm yours. I am simply yours. I am yours. Do to me as you will. So every time we partake of communion, that's what we need to say. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, uh, 14 and 15. So what does all of this mean then to us? It says here, that now, Paul is saying, the fact that we are his possession, that he's done all of this for us now, what must this now, how must this now begin to translate in our lives? What is required of you and I? It says this in verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may, say it with me, grow up. One more time. Grow up. Right? And the word grow up there is oxano. Again, it's the aorist active meaning. It needs to be a continual thing. It's an active aspect. I have to do something. Where you find it's passive, it is done for you. Where it is active, we need to do it. We need to act on it. 
right? So when you see an aorist passive, means it is done for you. But when you see an aorist active, meaning I have to do, I have to increase, I have to become more mature in all things into him who is the head of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, let me try and go through this a little quicker here. For though by this time you ought to be teachers because of the time you have had to learn these truths, <laughs> you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. I just had the opportunity a couple of days ago to feed a little baby with milk. I haven't done this for maybe 15 years now, <laughs> since Olivia was one. And I wanted to put the photo out up here, but I thought I didn't get permission from the parents. So I thought, no, I better not do that. But as I, was, as I was feeding, I realized how helpless is this baby. I had to feed the baby. So here it's saying this, that, and you have come to continually, to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a spiritual infant. So our Bible focus should be filled. Again, no, no guilt trip here, folks. But we need to ask ourselves, how strong are we in the Word of God, Amen. in God's doctrine? That's right. yeah. That we will not be tossed to and fro by every cunning trickery and craftiness of the enemy. Yeah, that's right. That he comes and says something and we get, oh, I'll, I'll follow this now. Oh, I'll follow this now. Oh, I'll follow this now. I'll follow this now. I'll follow this now. No. The Word... It, you know, as we, as we go a little further, you'll, and when I share about the Holy Spirit aspect, right, and the context of self, we begin to realize that the Lord gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. That's right. So we can discover that truth. That's right. But we need to come together and also learn together sure. the doctrine of the Lord. Mm. Who is God? What is Scripture? What is sin? Who is the devil? Who are the angels? Yes. So salvation sets us free from the grip of sin and it's made us God's slave. At the end of the day, that's what salvation does. Because when a price is paid, when I bought you, you belong to me. So we become his slave or his bond servant. Right in Romans, let's examine a couple of verses here. Romans chapter 6, verse 22, it says, But now, having been set free, so what's happened? You and I have been? Set free. Amen. What, have, what has happened? We have been? Set, set free from? Sin. And having become? Slaves. Of God, you have your fruits of holiness and the end everlasting life. I love this. Right? It says that because we have been set free and become slaves of God, because of that now, the outcome of that is that we have the fruit of holiness. So we carry within us the fruit of holiness, folks. 
You are a holy people. Don't let someone tell you otherwise. You are a holy people. Right? And at the end, everlasting life. That's what's promised to you. You are assured that you've got everlasting life. Hallelujah. Right? But now, let's look at the... Let's, let's, let's bring the Greek into this now. But now, having been set free... Now, did you set yourself free? This is what I meant by Aris passive. It has happened for you. You did nothing. But it was already done for you. Amen? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But you have, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves, the word dulu, which is Aris Passive again here means to make a slave. So that's already happened. You are, like it or not, that's what you are. That's what we are. To bring into bondage. To be bonded to him. His bond servant. Of God and you have your fruit of holiness and the end everlasting life. Folks, why am I taking time and going slowly with this and pounding in these words? Because I, I, I wish I had these when I was growing up as a believer initially, knowing all of this. Because, you know, it would have made me more mature, I feel. But I still, regardless, I still thank the Lord for the hunger they had placed in my heart and in our hearts. And many of us, many of us are hungry, so hungry yes. for God. There are so many here, folks. You fast, you pray, you, you, you abandon yourselves, you do so many different aspects. Right? But now as we get into the richness of His Word, right, something even greater can happen within us. A greater expression here for us. Right? Salvation requires you and I to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And only then you are saved. Only then. So if there's anyone here sitting on the fence and wondering, though you, you have to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Then you are saved. You know, when I got saved, this, it, the, the, what was shared was very simple. I came out from a Catholic background. So I went to meet a guy, but the guy who was known as, who was called a pastor. I didn't know what a pastor was. Because I was so accustomed to what a priest is, but I never knew who's a pastor thought maybe that was his first name. But he's actually, you know what it is. And so three of us sat down there and listened. And he just took us through. He says, have you been born again? That's all he asked me. Have you actually invited Jesus into your heart? And I don't know what it was. I said, no, I don't think. Not at confirmation, not at baptism. Of course, I was infant. Confirmation, no, not really. Holy communion, not really. And even if I did, I didn't know what I did. And this is no uh, disrespect to, to you know, uh, Roman Catholicism in any way. But what I'm trying to say is this, that the belief system, the doctrines, they don't align to the Word of God. And so he put to me this. He said, he said, you can't pray to Mary because can you, can you imagine Hail Mary what does it say? 
Hail Mary, no, Holy Mary. Holy Mary? What does it say? Mother of? Not Mother of Grace. Mother of God. She ain't the Mother of God. Because if she was the Mother of God, then she has to be the wife of the Father. So how can that be the case? Holy Mary. So he just shared all of those aspects and I found that mm, God did something there. And he virtually convicted me of sin. Convicted me of the fact that I needed, I needed Christ. And I wasn't really truly born again. So only through acknowledging that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, then you are saved. Hallelujah. The next, in Acts chapter 16, verse 3, it says this, And he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? So this is the question that he asked. So they said, Believe. Meaning, it is, this, it, it is the, it, in Greek it's pisteo, meaning to believe actively, right? On the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So this is the future passive aspect, meaning you don't do anything to get saved but believe, which is the active aspect. So I have to consistently, currently believe. So when I was asked that question, there was something happened inside of me. It said, I believe. I believe. There was an active believing at that point in time. Hallelujah. And let's examine a couple more verses. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, we know this quite well. Because why? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the NLT version, right? For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith, your pisteo, right? Your belief that you are saved. And in, in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God. To those who believe, Actively believe, present active, who those who believe in his name, not in any other name. Why when we pray, we say, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name? Because it is in his name. I actively believe that when I pray in his name, it is going to happen. Yes. It is going to happen. So... There are a couple of questions here that maybe in your connect groups you may want to do, right? Some, some questions to review, to respond, to reflect, right? So review. Look back at the notes that you may have written. Summarize the main truths that you've learned, right? Respond. Describe how you felt when you discovered Christ bought you 
and that you are his prized possession. I know a couple of us were speaking yes, last week and we said, man, well, he, he bought, he actually owns us. It, 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 it suddenly shifted this whole mindset. So it's not, I'm not my own anymore. I know I wasn't, but now I really know. Hallelujah. And reflect, explain how our God, uh, sorry, how our good works and our evil works, which is sin, relate to the free gift of salvation, folks. Take some time, right? And lastly, I'd like for us to do this in your own words. Write a personal letter to Jesus, thanking him for your salvation. If you've not written one, sit down and just write, Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, right? going to end with this here. When you look at the, if I can get the team to please come up, look at the context of salvation is applied to each of us solely. By what? How is salvation applied to us? It's solely by our faith in Christ. At the moment of salvation, we are born of the Spirit and immediately given eternal life. So as we look at this, my attempt of freehand drawing, before becoming believers, we were all by ourselves. It was just self. I was just alone. And then, so living without His Spirit, then salvation happens and the Spirit comes in we receive His Holy Spirit into our lives, right? So you find last week, you know, I showed self and the Spirit, right? And so what, what happens is this. We have self. Let's just say this is the Holy Spirit and this is self. So the Holy Spirit comes in, right? And instead of the Spirit taking charge, what happens when He comes in? Our self takes on more of a priority. Because we've been living by ourselves for so long that we don't know what it means to live in the Spirit and to allow the Spirit to take charge of us. So we continue to be carnal-minded. When Paul says, walk in the Spirit, we continue to walk in the flesh. Because the flesh and the Spirit is enmity to God. I've got all those verses to show you as well, which I will show you, not today, but the next time, right? So hear me with this. I want to leave this with you as you write your letter to Jesus and as we build an altar of consecration today. So after a while of journeying, the self, which is up here, still continues to rule over the spirit that has now come into you and I. And after a while, of all the wrestling that goes on, we suddenly now come to be on par with one another. And so, this is when we still feel like we need milk. Do you get where I'm going now? That so many of our lives are like this, where the spirit and the flesh 
are on the same level. They are on par. And this war is still continually going on inside of us. But the goal is for the Spirit to take charge. So during our 40 days of consecration, friends, this is exactly what we're wanting to provide. The opportunity for you and I to not allow our flesh to be on par with the Spirit, but to say, I surrender all. I choose to. So right now, in the next few minutes that we have, we're not going to go really long, just in the next few minutes, folks. I want you to start, I want you to consider, what is it that you are willing to surrender to the Lord? What is He bringing and drawing to your attention? And He's saying, so just in silence, before we sing, just close your eyes and say, Search me, O God. Search me. If you feel like kneeling, if you feel like standing, if you feel to want to just prostrate before the Lord, Please feel free to do that. But every week, we want to build the altar of consecration. Father, I love you. Give me a willing spirit and a committed heart to obey all your instructions. I receive grace not to trivialize destiny-changing instructions. Uphold me with your right hand of righteousness. I receive deliverance from itchy ears and disobedient spirit. And I refuse to sell my birthright by giving into the yearnings of my fleshly ideas and desires, no matter how promising it looks, grant me grace to choose your gracious will for my life. In Jesus' name.